Welcome to the Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to Collectivist Wokeism and Sardines. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots, and it's Monday, January 16th in the year 2023. Obviously, as we're watching this general and slow implosion and collective destruction of the world, in particular our nation, a lot of things are starting to emerge as to the potential next steps in the agenda. And one thing is very clear. Whatever you think the future is, they have another thing in mind. And they, meaning the masters of power, whether you consider them the good side or the bad side, the vision of the future that they have is not the one you may think, and they are definitely not asking your opinion. One of the things that we have to be very clear in all of this process is as we go forward, two things that are at risk. The first of those is going to be food. So make sure you're well stocked up with supplies when they have this coming implosion. Patriots, you can hide your head in the sand or you can face the future head on. Those are your two options. If you want to remain free and self-reliant, despite whatever happens in the world, you need to get yourself enough emergency food so you can survive the coming chaos in our society. You can fully expect food shortages if everything breaks down. And if you don't already have enough food on hand, you will regret it. So do yourself a favor and go to preparewithbards.com and save $200 on a three-month emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply. They're the nation's largest preparedness company and they're knocking $200 off the regular price of their three-month kit to help make it affordable for families who are feeling the pain of inflation right now. At this price, get one kit per person for your family. These kits are in stock and they ship fast and free. Save $200 per kit when you go to preparewithbards.com, preparewithbards.com. Patriots, I've said it so many times, food security is the foundation of personal sovereignty. So head on over to preparewithbards.com and take advantage of this amazing offer. Do it today. One thing that is for sure is that we are facing an absolute destruction caused by this pandemic and the consequential vax. And there's really nothing else to say other than they are going after things aggressively and they are intending that the, I believe they probably intended this to be something that they've done from the very beginning. This piece we're going to play right here gets into this testimony and really looks at the darker side of what we've been looking at here with the COVID vax. Good morning. My name is Lieutenant Colonel Teresa Long, and I've been invited here today to testify to the truth before the legislators of Idaho. The information I'm presenting is made as a protected communication under Title 10 USC 1034 as a whistleblower. My opinions are my own and do not reflect that of the United States Army, the DOD, or any entity thereof. Insurance companies figured that if there was something catastrophic that happened to the United States, they would see a 10% increase 
and all-cause morbidity mortality, 10%, for just like an unprecedented, catastrophic, you know, natural event or something that happened in the United States. U.S. life insurance companies have reported an overwhelming and unexplainable increase in all-cause deaths among 18 to 49-year-olds. 40% is, no one's even, no one's even calculated that. I mean, that, that's never been uh, factored into what things would look like. It's apocalyptic. In my 15 years as a doctor taking care of soldiers, I have never seen this litany of debilitating and potentially deadly medical conditions in soldiers. These conditions included strokes, transit ischemic attacks, pericarditis, myocarditis, erratic heart rates, arrhythmias, rapid onset and progression of various cancers to include testicular cancer, esophageal cancer, brain tumors, neuroendocrine tumors, spinal tumors, thyroid dysfunction, multiple sclerosis, cognitive impairment, persistent severe insomnia, suppression of the immune system, unprovoked blood clots in the splenic and portal vein, avascular necrosis, liver dysfunction, menstrual irregularities, and miscarriages. Well, I think if you look at the 5.3.6 post-marketing analysis report, the 1,291 adverse events, I don't think those came as diagnostic tests. I think they came as confirmatory tests. You ordered a product, you wanted the product to kill people. Hey, stockholders, we got exactly what you ordered. Let that set in a minute. What she's saying there, which I think makes perfect sense, is what people are seeing as adverse reactions were actually product tests to guarantee that the customer order, which we now know came from DOD, would deliver the results of the deaths that we're seeing right now. This is horrific. And what we're witnessing here are deaths across the spectrum in slow and horrible ways of dying. Painful. Anything from the debilitating issues of strokes, heart attacks, Alzheimer's, to just the slow erosion of the entire body. We've been seeing more and more posts on things like this of people suffering through this painful, painful death. And we're getting more stories from people on the same. This entire situation that we're in is a designed destruction of the United States and of their Western societies because what they're intending to do with all of this is literally set the stages for a complete remake of the world in their design. I'm going to read you a series of tweets here from a guy who lists himself as Mike O'Mara. And I just want you to walk through all these with me. His his, uh, bio on Twitter says, I was a composer, writer, teacher, mentor, slow motion murdered via vaccine injury and resulting neurodegenerative disease. He writes, starting with the first post, and I'll read through these. Goodbye, all. My nerves are dying. My muscle tissue dissolved. The last bits twitching as they fail. My digestion is stopped, organs failing slowly but surely. I await my last ride to my first to my last stop for wherever final failure will kill me. 
Love to all those who supported me. Goodbye. It is an eerie, terrible feeling to know that you'll be dead soon. And by the way, that was his last tweet that I just read, so we're going to go backwards now. It is an eerie, terrible feeling to know that you'll be dead soon, to know that every little thing you do, every action you wouldn't have have thought twice about might be the last time that you'll be doing it. Standing, walking, eating, sleeping, lifting my arms, it's all ending. Waking up feeling like pools of acid have been poured into the various places where my muscles connected as they continue to dissolve from my body. Every time I think the torture can't get worse before the end, it does. Somehow, it can hurt me more yet before it kills me. There are two reactions I have gotten to my horrible irreversible wasting disease caused by the COVID vax. Scorn, hatred, or pity. I don't want either. I wanted my life. It is so cruel how this just takes and takes, little by little. How I wish I would just end, it would just end me now. Let it end. Let it end. God, please just take me from this ruined life. Let me go as I sleep. Please, please, there is nothing left. There will never be joy, never recovery, never a a thing to look forward to, but more and more suffering as I dissolve and lose everything. Let me go. I cannot believe I am dying this way. With all my muscles systematically dissolved away, all my organs slowly and surely showing more and more damage, the slowest, most torturous murder imaginable, like something medieval. And I was healthy. I had a life to live. All gone. All gone because of the injection. And by what we're starting to appreciate is an injection that was designed to accomplish exactly what it has to destroy and kill in the most painful and horrific way. The question one would have to ask is, what would be the motive for literally killing people this way? And much of it is blinding fear and then the blinding rage of anger. Those two things accomplish something very significant. Not just one thing, but several things very significant. It convolutes cognitive thought. People cease to think rationally and think irrationally. And most importantly, it separates a world from their relationship in God. It makes people angry at God. It makes people not want to hear God. It makes people unable to hear God. And so the conversations with God become ones rooted in rage. And what that allows for is it allows for the state to intercede and to provide solutions that will lead us to all new horizons and apparently a new way of living Listening to it keeps us focused on shallow and artificial hope so that we'll somehow become rooted in the opportunities for change that are all orchestrated and controlled by the masters of the universe as we know them. This is the type of world we're currently in, and it's only accelerating, and it's something we have to be very cognizant of. Because I'm going to tell you, this world that they have designed is not one for our benefit not our benefit at all. It's one that they want and one that they're seeking to benefit themselves. Let me play you a piece here on a new development called Telosa. Now, you've heard of the line. We talked about that here on the show several times. The line is this long, linear development that was put in. It is being built, I believe it's in Dubai. 
where it's a, a massive, it looks like a massive wall and a massive mirrored wall. And within that wall, there's these vertical living cells. Everybody has a centralized train they can take up and down this long, multi-mile long wall. They can stack thousands and thousands of people in this living space. People are living in a low carbon footprint, 300 square foot, effectively a box. All your shopping is nearby. You never, if you want to see the sun, you climb up to the upper roof, but there's supposed to be natural light that comes down to the center, all these things. It's fancy. You, you have your services. You'll be on a basic income. You'll provide all your health services for you. And guess what? It'll even get better because they will ensure your health. They're going to make sure that you're nice and healthy. And that healthiness is going to be built around their rules, the corporate rules, which naturally will include the backs and other ideas that they have. And anytime there's a pandemic or they need one, or there's a consequential sickness caused by one of their other experiments to the guinea pig population, don't worry, they'll sweep in, they'll lock everybody down. Locks will likely be automatically controlled. You won't be able to leave your room. You won't have a choice. And if you dare break out, you'll be arrested and exposed, but you'll, you'll just be referred to as a dissenter. And those that are sick, you'll be just an added aspect to the greater fear of creating an, of a new rage and pandemic. But this new environment will be safe for everybody because they'll be able to lock everybody down, deep, deep cleanse or cleanse the entire thing to get rid of all the germs, rush out all fresh air or whatever else they have to do, whatever great things they tell you about, digitally clean everything so there's no potential virus. Everybody becomes a prisoner. Well, that's not just in Dubai. This same concept is coming to the good old United States, and it's called Telosa. Have you seen the line in Saudi Arabia? Well, if you thought that was crazy, then get ready for Telosa, a $400 billion proposed smart city in the United States. Announced in September 2021 by former Walmart executive and billionaire Mark Lohr, he outlined his vision for a 5 million person new city in America. Telosa will be 150,000 acres with a massive skyscraper at its center. A city where commutes are just 15 minutes, buildings are covered in lush greenery, and gas-powered vehicles are banned. Telosa will be 100% efficient and sustainable. Sound familiar to the line? By 2030, the first phase of construction will cover 1,500 acres and house 50,000 residents at an estimated cost of $25 billion. The total project will likely exceed $400 billion, and the city will reach its target population of 5 million within 40 years. Do you think it will be a success? The problem we have is these ideas, not only do they sell well, but quite frankly, in the state that we're in as a global population, they may be the only way forward. So follow me on this. And I'm not encouraging them by any means. But this is the challenge of what's, what we face and what obviously has been created intentionally. We have a world that's massively divided. We have a world that's separated by the dumbest of things. And we have a world built by complete chaos and spiritual immorality. This is now left for the people to decide their own fate, so to speak. Do whatever you want. Do it. Do as thou wilt, is the motto of the Satanists. And it's taken hold. And in this world that we're in right now, it's a very dangerous space for all of us because there is a, a understanding collective mind that there is only, one side says there's only one way forward, and they are violent, they're emotional, and they believe truly that the world is going to end literally in five years. 
that there will be nothing left and that it is all our fault as human beings. They have no concept that there is world change going on. There is a climate upheaval would be the right term going on. But they, didn't, they don't pay attention to NOAA's data, for example, that just came out and stated that this is in the last 10 years, we've seen a temperature decline, not increase. So the dialogues constantly change and they constantly roll their dialogues. And with that, they're, they're talking about narrative shifts and they're talking about wording and how important that is. And what is happening in this is they're keeping an idea around as their climate science is shown to be bunk, that instead of being bunk, they're proving that it's just an issue of climate change, but it's still people's fault. It's us humans that are at fault. This is all by design. The whole intention of this is to use the greatest and most powerful gift God gave us, and that's free will against ourselves. And if you want to run that down to the very bottom, that was the original fight between Lucifer and God. The fight was that Lucifer wanted us to be told how and who to worship and didn't believe that God was doing a good thing by giving us such power as free will. And God insisted that we needed to have free will because only through then would we come back to him. And, our, and by doing so, we would receive our full inheritance. That's documented well in the book of Enoch. And as we go forward here now, we're seeing that same fight just manifest more and more to the open. There are those that want to and are choosing to be controlled, enslaved, given they and told who to worship and how to live. They find comfort in that. And then for those others that don't want that, you, we who walk that way, we who sit on the outside of that belief where we believe that sovereignty for personal choice, but living in sovereign ways with God as our moral law, that fabric holds us together but that we don't need big government. We don't need people dictating what we do. We don't need the laws and rules that they live by. Though we become the enemy to them. The way around that is not trying to tear apart the Constitution, though they've done a miraculous job at doing that. And most surprisingly, especially in this country, since the Constitution is a beacon for so many around the world, Americans have become masterful at letting the government dismantle it before our very eyes and saying nothing. They did an amazing job of the Patriot Act to completely gut the Constitution. And then Americans complain about their constitutional rights and wonder why. Because we told them it was okay to tear apart our Constitution. But even more strategic in all of this, that fits every government around the world, there is one major bypass that they can do. And it's established within the laws of the Western world which are essentially pervasive across most of the world, and in not, if not it's exactly Western law, then other law forms have taken on the same position. The corporations somehow have the ability to exist outside of your guaranteed rights, whatever country you live in. In the United States, that means that corporations can di dictate what your limitation is on First Amendment right, Second Amendment right, and so forth. And we see that consistently as we even looking back on how COVID was executed. Your social media accounts are now part of your personal profile and hiring of a company. What you say on your personal social media account can get you reprimanded or fired if you're already in it as an employee of a company, meaning you don't have free speech because they can argue that what you are saying, and they have effectively proven this in court, reflects their brand. 
and therefore the tarnishment of their brand by what you say and do on social media is a risk, which if you don't abide by their rules and you go home and rant about something, you can be fired for it. Second Amendment, there you can be told where and when you can carry, open carry, if you can actually have a gun in your possession or not. All of that is being dictated and is dictated every day. That happens in corporations, even in the retail stores. In my own town, Sportsman's Warehouse, which is the an equivalent of like a, a small Cabela's. It's like a small town Cabela's. It's a national chain. They will have signs on the door that say no guns are allowed inside, even though they're a gun dealer. Walmart's similar. And so they're dictating by the rules of corporate domain because they're the dominion of their entity right there. They are dictating what people can and can't do, even though it violates, by definition, our Second Amendment rights. All of this destruction is leading somewhere. And the question is really, what is their design and what is their intent? One of the things I've mentioned many times here is when you say trust the plan, as the cute people do, someone better define what that plan is. But something happened it was not covered by media and we actually went pretty much uncovered except for Gateway Pundit managed to pick it up. You see, when Joe Biden went to Mexico City last week, he joined Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and Mexican President Andreas Manuel Lopez Arbrador. And what they went there for was the 10th North American Leaders Summit. The three leaders signed onto a document that now looks very similar to what George Bush talked about was the creation of the North American Union. This is something the globalists have talked about for years. And it looks like now we're one step closer to doing just that. Now think about what you're witnessing and it's happening right before our very eyes. And if I hear, I don't want to hear this thing about Trump will save this or that. The fact of the matter is that the damage that's being done right now is almost irreversible. We have a porous border with Mexicans and others all around the world pouring over our border and it's coming across the Mexican border. We have a rampant drug problem that is now spread from Mexico and the South America all the way up, all run and backed by the CIA, by the way, as well as the Chinese triads. You have a, a border up north that is probably more restrictive going to Canada than it is going to Mexico. But you have three leaders right now. All three countries have bought into this COVID nonsense, and all three countries have agreed to the idea of exterminating a large portion of their population. So what's the backfill? What's, what's going to replace the dying population? Well, it's interesting to know. Watch your politics and pay attention to what's being done with racial and gender issues. The lowest penetration of the vaccine in this nation has been black America. So it's interesting to note that black America has been promoted as the one class of people that are going to be most preserved. The other, we have all these illegals coming across the border. None of them are required to get the vax. And yet we know that the penetration of the vax is extensive across this nation. Now, some people will ask, for example, well, of course, we've vaccinated about 99% of the liberal class. True. But there's still about... 40 to 50% at least of the MAGA class, the conservative class that have taken the vax as well. This is literally an extinction level event we are dealing with right now, an extinction of an ideal, an extinction of a country. 
And as they dilapidate and destroy our cities, as the U.S. goes through an actual bankruptcy, which it either has completed or is going through, suddenly out of the ashes arises these new ideas of building cities from scratch. This is sounding a whole lot like make America great again. But the rules are different now. See, what we're looking at here is the dilapidation of cities that are almost beyond repair. How do you repair a city like Chicago that's riddled with violence, infrastructure falling apart, not in the elite sectors downtown, of course, but all across the city? How do you rebuild the infrastructure of a city like Portland or Seattle or San Francisco and do all these things at once? There's limitations that are big for corporate investors. There's property values that are massive that are to overcome rights of domain, right of domain for how they can build things, where they can build things. There's personal property ownership when they want to put up a building and they can't do it because somebody owns that piece of property, at least on paper. Sure would seem like it'd be a lot easier if you're going to make America great again is if we went back and gave it the new land class, which is how this country was begun with landowners, a new right to build new cities. At what cost? That would be up to you whether you want to decide it. Now, obviously, I'm making a bit of projections on, on, what, on trends that I'm looking at here, and this isn't hard and fast, but it is very interesting to note that there is a, several of these planned cities that are now coming out of nowhere, and their ideas is they're being built from ground up, and they're appealing to a very critical sector of the world. It is the youth that have been programmed to believe that climate change is imminent and that human beings are a burden on the world. In this concept, the propaganda flows brilliantly because it talks about how we can live in closer communities, not have to drive, no, no fossil fuel cars, only electric if you can afford it and if, if you even have the need for it. Because better yet, you'll be able to walk and ride a bike everywhere you go or take to public transportation. The cities will be designed in such a way as to accommodate for all those lifestyle issues. There'll be no originality. The originality will be left to the few paintings or or prints, or things, furniture detailings that you put into your little 300-square-foot carbon footprint, low-carbon footprint box. But please don't make a mark on the wall because it might violate your lease. So you won't own anything in these new cities. They'll be owned by a billionaire. And that billionaire will likely turn that over to a hedge fund, which will trade on the values of those properties. And in the process of, here, of this, people will excitedly run to these new environments because they're sustainable communi- communities. They're communities that are now owned by a corporate entity. But what's even better is if you can get accepted into these, likely you'll have all sorts of things provided for you. Of course, there'll be a monthly cost, but you can get a job and that job will be part of your guaranteed basic income. And it will give you a, a, well, a healthy a salary, it would seem, until you have to end up paying the rents that you don't have a choice on because you're living there, the digital chipping that will likely follow, your COVID pass, which will be mandatory, and all of the restraints. But the benefit is you'll be living in a low-carbon footprint environment. This is the new prison. And these prisons aren't FEMA camps. That's the illusion. They aren't having to round you up and put you into furnaces. Why bother with that when they can kill off 40% of the population with the injection? There's your furnace. And by the way, we're not doing furnaces these days. We're simply liquefying bodies in the water system and washing them down the river. That's been approved in multiple states. 
The point of all this is that we have been under attack. This isn't a friendly government. These people all know what they're doing, and the rules are being made to accomplish their end goals, and they're being made very aggressively. One of the biggest battlefronts we have, and I've mentioned this before that we haven't even touched on yet, is the HOA. There's a company called Sightline Institute. They're instrumental in changing property owner rules. They're heavy in the emphasis of building in high-density housing. The idea of compressing people closer and closer together in the cities. These are the types of corporations that are making the new rules. And back to that constitution, you don't have to worry about the constitution because you are giving up your rights the minute you accept the contract to either rent or purchase in an area. HOAs are a great example of this homeowners association. I don't know if you realize, but in homeowners associations are, are so predominant now in most communities and they dictate everything. They will dictate to what type of growth, growth or ant plants you're allowed to have in your front yard, your side yard, your backyard. Some even outright, outrightly rule out the ability to have a garden. They will tell you where you have to park your car. They will tell you where, when you can park your car in certain places. They will dictate to you how you have to have the front of your house look, what type of standards you have to maintain it as. And if you fail to do that, they can fine you and fine you heavily until the point that they can probably force you to evict. They'll make your life miserable. HOAs are restrictive on the land that anybody that lives a house, owns a house in an area with an HOA. You've abdicated your rights to an organization outside of your control that is going to tell you how you have to steward and use your property. And if you violate that, you become financially liable. That's not God's way, but it's their way. And this is more layers of nightmare that they've put into this system that will continue to restrict people and their rights going forward. We're seeing a lot of shuffling of things right now. We're seeing a lot of hand puppetry, if you will. But the fact of the matter is that we're dealing with a problem of a woke generation that believes that living like sardines is an okay idea because humanity is a parasite on its whole. I want to play for you a speech that was done to a group of woke students by Constantine Kissin. It's probably one of the best speeches I have heard on this topic of how to address a woke crowd. Now, I want to talk to those of you who are woke and who are open to rational argument. A small minority, I accept. <laughs> because one of the tenets of wokeness is, of course, that your feelings matter more than the truth. But I believe in you. I believe there are those of you here who are woke, who are open to rational arguments, so let me make one. We are told that your generation cares more than any other about one issue in particular, and that issue is climate change. We are told that many of you suffer from climate anxiety. You wish to save the planet. And for tonight, and tonight only, I will join you. I will join you in worshipping at the feet of St. Greta of climate change. Let us all accept right here, right now, that we are living through a climate emergency and our stocks of polar bears are running extremely low. I join you in this view. I truly do. Now, what are we to do about this huge problem facing humanity? What can we in Britain do? We can only do one thing. You know why? This country is responsible for 2% of global carbon emissions. 
which means that if Britain was to sink into the sea right now, it would make absolutely no difference to the issue of climate change. You know why? Because the future of the climate is going to be decided in Asia and in Latin America by poor people who couldn't give a shit about saving the planet. No, thank you. No, thank you. It's going to be decided by poor people in Asia and Latin America who don't care about saving the planet. You know why? Because they're poor. Because they're poor. I come from Russia, which is not a poor country. It's a middle-income country. 20% of households in Russia do not have an indoor toilet. What they have is an outdoor toilet. And I don't mean one of those nice portaloos that we get here. I don't even mean a Glastonbury portaloo. I mean a wooden shack with a hole in the ground that holds a collected fermented memory of the last 10,000 visits. <laughs> How many of you are going to go home tonight and say, let's rip out our bathroom and erect a Siberian shithouse in the back garden? <laughs> and if you're not, why should they? 120 million people in China do not have enough food. I don't mean that they don't get dessert. I mean they suffer from malnutrition. That means that their immune system is breaking down because they don't have enough food. You're not going to get them to stay poor. Imagine you're Xi Jinping, the leader of China. When you were 10 years old, there was a revolution, a cultural revolution in your country. And people came and they put your father in prison. Your mother had to denounce him. Your sister killed herself. And you, no longer enjoying the protection of your formerly powerful father, were sent to a village where you lived in a cave house. And here you are, decades later. You have clawed your way up the bloody and greasy pole of Chinese politics to be the undisputed supreme leader of the very communist party that destroyed your family. And you know that the main thing you have to do to survive and to stay in power is to deliver the one thing that the people of China want, prosperity, economic growth. Where do you think climate change ranks on Xi Jinping's list of priorities? A third of all children who live in extreme poverty in the world live in India. That means they are starving and dying of preventable disease. Now, about 15 months ago, my wife got pregnant. Not me, because we're old school. <laughs> and for nine months, we talked about what our boy would look like, what he might do when he grows up. We looked at baby scans and videos on YouTube about what the fetus looks like at nine months and 12 months and 20 months. And eventually he was born. And he is this cute little bundle of joy. He's cuter than about 80% of puppies. Right. Now, if you said to me that I had a choice, either my son had a serious risk of starving or dying from a preventable disease in the next year, or I could press a button and he would live, he would go to school, he would bring his first girlfriend home, he'd go to university and graduate and become a woke idiot. <laughs> And then he'd get a job and get married and have children and become a man. But all I have to do is press this button 
And for every day of my son's life, a giant plume of CO2 is going to get released into the atmosphere. Now, you're all very young, and most of you are not parents. Let me tell you something. There is not a parent in the world who would not smash that button so hard their hand bled. You are not going to get these people to stay poor. You're not even going to get them to not want to be richer. And so, I put it to you, ladies and gentlemen, there is only one thing we can do in this country to stop climate change. And that is to make scientific and technological breakthroughs that will create the clean energy that is not only clean, but also cheap. And the, no, thank you. And the only, I, I want everyone to get home on time today, which is not going to happen. And the only thing that wokeness has to offer in exchange is to brainwash bright young minds like you to believe that you are victims, to believe that you have no agency, to believe that what you must do to improve the world is to complain, is to protest, is to throw soup on paintings. And we on this side of the house are not on this side of the house because we do not wish to improve the world. We sit on this side of the house because we know that the way to improve the world is to work, is to create, it is to build. And the problem with woke culture is that it has trained too many young minds like yours to forget about that. Thank you very much. So the key part to that last is when he's talking about the, in, the difference between woke culture and a solution-based culture is that these people now see that the solutions will be given to them. So now we end up with a major conflict in where we're heading in society. And the society that we're being forced into thanks to a massively effective educational system, which has brainwashed a large percentage of the population's youth, combined with an easily influenced adult culture that have lived with an entitlement of easy societies in the Western world without having to do any enduring suffering like our grandparents had to deal with. This complacency and ultimately this post-inspired population time in our countries, all the Western world, what this has led to now is that the corporate Entities are arriving as the new offerings, the new masters of the universe that will provide great opportunities. And I have no doubt that we, you will see amazing innovations starting to be considered, especially in the framework of these new planned and designed cities. But they'll be, they will be inspirations that are designed within the confines of what the corporation will buy or what it will fund. And what is happening with these planned cities and these innovations that they're going to be luring people to is that will be one of the contractual acceptances that they have to make. You can create anything as long as it wits it's acceptable to master corporation. And so you will see a pipe, a stove piping on many levels. People will choose to live near each other that are of the same mindset. If you're a snuffy, curly, fuzzy, wolfy, whatever you are, you're going to abide by the same people that wear the stupid dog ears and put a tail up their butt and walk around the street. And you're all going to feel safe. And the thing is, you can feel that way because into this new world, you won't be required to do much. Matter of fact, you can work at businesses where everybody has a tail coming out of their butt. 
but there'll be no real inspired innovation because it'll be about compliance. And as we get compliance, you're going to see the death of humanity. This new horizon, which I, I do have concerns that that is probably at the core of Make America Great Again. Because at the core of remaking America, you have to rebuild. And what we're seeing is those that are offering to rebuild are rebuilding under the great Green New Deal. They're offering to build these new innovative, low-carbon footprint, high-density housing living spaces. And people will buy it. And the great thing about it is they don't have to take your property away. They just have to let us die off. They'll end up buying it. But what all they have to do is offer it to the youth who will never seek to own property and will willfully give up their rights to own property forever. Once they're in the system, they're never getting out. Once they're in that mousetrap or that rabbit wheel, hamster wheel, they're never going to get out because they're never going to make enough money by the standards of how money is made in this Babylonian system to be able to afford to buy anything. That is unless they follow all the rules and they become a new compliant subject, a great slave that's rewarded wonderfully for their compliance to repeat the same concepts and systems over and over. This is the destruction of the middle class. This is the destruction of freedom and the dream. And it's happening before our very eyes. And it's all being done as politics perform its grand show in D.C., as the World Economic Forum meets and talks about the new frontiers and threats of what's ahead of us. See, the, new, the economic, World Economic Forum day today has now said that it actually isn't pushing for people to eat bugs. That it's actually not trying to force people into renting everything. And why can they say that? Because at the core of the World Economic Forum's meeting are five critical pieces that they've looked at. Addressing the current energy and food crises in the context of a new system for energy, climate, and nature. Addressing the cultural, the current high inflation, low growth, high debt economy in the context of a new system for investment, trade, and infrastructure. Addressing the current industry headwinds in the context of a new system for harnessing frontier technologies for private sector innovation and resilience. Addressing the current social vulnerabilities in the context of a new system for work, skills, and care. And addressing the current geopolitical risks in the context of a new system for dialogue cooperation in a multipolar world. The new system for energy is the new deal. The new system for international cooperation is some type of global governments, governance. And the new system for investment and trade covers a lot of topics, including digital currency. But you see, we have to dig a little bit deeper to find out what's really on the minds of the World Economic Forum. And what's really there is what they themselves have written in their own paper, The Battle of the Narrative. Let me read a little bit here as we start to close. The battle between the fact and fiction is currently fought by unfair means, they write. They write. The winner is too often not the truth, but the side that simplifies and narrates best. This battle is also not limited to the issue of climate change. We have seen the use of narratives in highly sophisticated disinformation campaigns by countries like, here it comes, ready, Russia, for years. 
Researchers like Nina Jankovitz writes, narratives with a kernel of truth are more successful. In fact, fake news encompasses just a sliver of Russian influence operations. The most convincing Russian narratives are narratives grounded in truth that exploit the divisions in societies. Remember, they always speak in a mirror. The most sophisticated and dangerous misinformation campaigns are the ones that have deep understanding of how successful narrative needs to be constructed. Beyond that, Russian has, Russians have built and perfected distribution mechanisms like informing laundering to share and gradually surface, surface manipulated narratives from unverified sources into the mainstream. I guess what they're trying to tell us is everything we're learning about the Twitter files was all a Russian scam. Quite amazing, isn't it? Apparently, the FBI gets all their information from Russia. And apparently, Adam Schiff was being driven by Russia to censor people. And apparently, all those woke people inside Twitter, remember those pedophiles that were there? Apparently, they were being driven by Russia to censor conservative America. The bottom line in all of this is the World Economics Forum sees that their greatest challenge ahead is countering the narrative with other narratives to reshape and re-socialize society in terms of the things that they find important and including the idea that the discussion about climate change needs to be ended because it's already determined. Furthermore, they are deciding that through strong narratives, they can help leaders succeed. Translate that through better propaganda, leaders can succeed. And that's what they're trying to apply. And finally, they see the future is that applying human rights in the digital world means that we have to be censored. They won't use that word. We have to be more sensitive to what we say that affects others in us as a world in which we have to live more closely together. So let's put it all together. Apparently, according to the World Economic Forum, everything has to be remade from the bottom up. That would be our new cities. That everything has to be redefined in terms of us living more closely together. So we have to be re-educated on how to communicate. And when we communicate incorrectly, we need to be censored or punished. That's the concept of digital safety and also communicative safety. The new economic system has to be completely new. Well, what's new? Does that mean, what does that mean? Probably universal basic income, digital exchange and economy, the ability to control your money by a social credit score and control how you use your money, which would be the CBDC, the central bank digital currency, a programmable digital currency. And ultimately, we have to address the most threatening thing ever, which is man. Because man himself, according to the World Economic Forum, it's already been determined by the science, which we must trust and worship the science, that man alone is the greatest threat to humanity. All of this, the youth believe in. So what do we do? And the answer is very simple. There has never been a time more important than now to speak the truth and to empower the youth. If you're a parent and your child is in public school, get them out. They are going to be the next generation of human killers, not innovators. And your hands will have blood on them if you've allowed your child to remain in public school at this point in time. Harsh words, I'm sorry, but it's true. Because you know the truth. And we all have a responsibility to assist parents in getting their children out of these indoctrination camps. Because these 
indoctrination centers, which we call public schools, are not designed to create innovative minds to lead us to a new frontier of human freedom and reclaiming our sovereignty. Quite to the contrary, they're being built to enslave us more effectively with innovation that fits within their enslavement model, innovation that none of these young minds will ever own because they'll be owned and patented by the corporations which these young minds, if they comply well, will be rewarded with maybe another 10 square feet on their carbon, low-carbon footprint box and maybe an extra latte at the Starbucks downstairs that's going to make their latte with a plant-based milk and low-carbon footprint genetically grown coffee. It's all here. It's right before us. And it's choices that we are now going to have to make because the future isn't just our future. The future is what's coming in the generations ahead, and we have an obligation to get our hands dirty, to speak truth, and to do everything we can to save these children's minds. The war has always been against the children. It's just now in the open. And unfortunately, what we have seen as a world is our ability as a world to comply to these tyrants is stunning. The willfulness to fall and bow before them with the promises that they make for easy futures, convenience, and safety from invisible enemies such as viruses that they never find but they make up with artificial intelligence profiling. And yet humanity falls to its knees and says, please, please help me. I'm afraid. At the center of all of this is one fundamental aspect of education, something that our founding fathers understood, something that our country was built on, and that's Scripture. It's the one place you can educate everything on, the Bible. So that's where it begins. Homeschooling, pods, anything away from public education is going to be the future of saving this nation, of creating the new generation of defiant, not the, not the future generation of compliant. Let's pray. Father, we're blessed in this evening to be here today, and we make a prayer this evening as well for the, the memory of Martin Luther King, who is remembered on this day for the greatness of what he represented in terms of people coming together, taking a stand, unifying, and to getting past racial divisions and the, in, in the artificial divisions created by these political institutions. Father, more than ever right now, we just pray for the strength of parents and the communities around them to come together to support getting these children freed from the indoctrination camps that we call public schools, to open our eyes to the realities that are what's facing us, that right before us as we sit and try to scratch out our livings or worry about what's on the headline news, the treaties are being built to destroy this nation completely, to open our borders forever, and to shut things down in such a way that it will be unrecoverable. They're, the war is upon us. For those that have taken the vax, we pray that they'll have the strength and the clarity of mind to realize what they've done and at least while they are alive to speak the truth to others, to warn others of what is to come if they do follow that path. We equally pray for their healing. At this point in time, Father, the destruction of what we're seeing by the man's hand of other people trusting the institutions of men is unfathomable. And yet here we are. So we pray for this nation. We pray for all nations. We pray for the patriots around the world that stand boldly in the body of Christ facing the tyrannies that they do in each section of the world. May you give us strength. 
May you give us the reminder of the strength of the sword of the Spirit and the mightiness to stand before this tyranny and never bow. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Patriots, there's a lot of challenges ahead and there's a lot of stealth things that are happening. Be very careful what type of slogans we worship. Make America great again. America first. Whatever it is. I don't care who says it. It's not about a person. It's about substance. What does it mean? What does it look like? Where do we fit in? In the end, the greatest con ever given is people will be told you had a right to choose. Unfortunately, that's not exactly how the game plays. Having a right to choose is true if you understand the roadmap of how to get out of the trap you're in. And that's the big problem is most people don't know how to leave. And so it's easier to stay. Our biggest mission ahead has to be to inform people of the truths that are around them and then come together to find that way out, to remap the place that you're in so that we find a collective freedom. That's something we'll continue to explore here on this channel. They're not easy answers, but there are answers, and there's steps we have to make. The first ones, which I always refer back to, are the seven steps of county by county. Starting to take control back in your life of the things that they themselves own. And they, and they themselves have convinced us that we can't do. That can no longer be. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time and this place for just such a time as this. We're at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, 
This country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. Push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. 